Welcome to the Crazy Prayer Ladies Podcast, a time of devotional, discussion on everyday Christian topics, prayer, and even Bible trivia, with Professor Gigi, Miss Polly Pureheart, Miss Crown Call Chosen, and The Dude. Hello, everyone. Thank you, and welcome to the Crazy Prayer Ladies. We have a special guest amongst us, and I'm going to let Miss Tina take it away from this point. Hello. Can you see me? We hear you. Okay. Hi. It's great to meet you, uh, Trisha. This book really, really touched me. I um, am a child. Of, I'm a product of a mother. So I have never been blessed with the ability, you know, with the gift of having a child. I've had plenty of wonderful children in my life, my nieces, nephews. You know, um, we have a wonderful goddaughter that we've seen since she was born. And just your passion and the way you earned your five-star mother bear stripes during your story, it just it just really spoke to my heart. And I'm just so glad that the spirit led you to share this message with so many people who really need on every level, you know, if you're here, you've had a mother. So, you know, just God bless you for that. And thank you for joining us. Um, and I had a couple questions, um, you know, on, on page uh, 42, that was, I think the most, I'm one of the crazy ones that I'm really into um, uh, end times and, you know, current events. And I've always had that bent, you know, reading the revelation, Ezekiel, all of, all of the prophets and stuff. So, you know, working with the doctors and, you know, you've seen, you've, you've grown through this process since the late nineties. Um, what advances in medicine um, with regard to Pearson syndrome, have there been any advances? Have, you know, what kinds of treatments have improved in, in this condition? Well, thank you so much, Tina, uh, for having me join you, you uh, your group. I really appreciate it and I appreciate the time. Um, and I'm glad that my book is out there touching because that was my main goal was to help others out there. But when it comes to Pearson syndrome, my daughter was three or four months when she was diagnosed at that time. So I was told there were five in the United States, 10 worldwide. I have done some research and according to what the internet is stating, there's only a thousand more. So I believe what's happening is they're being able to treat the symptoms much better. So okay. the children have a longer lifespan but there's still definitely no cure for it, to my right. understanding. Now, when you say longer, is it by months? Is it by years? I mean, years. a minute longer in a situation like that every... What I understand, I believe there is a child, well, actually, he's much older. He uh, passed at 18 years of age. Oh, wow. And, and my understanding yeah. is it was in infancy when the syndrome was diagnosed and when it started. Okay. Now they're not being diagnosed till like toddler or, or young school age. So oh, wow. that's impressive to me. I, I can't yeah. wrap my head around that um, from what I have learned and what I have lived through, if that makes right. sense. 
Yes. But yes, so that's a plus for these kids, but the total is the same ending, unfortunately. The and loss. That's what I pray for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and you really helped. Well, I don't maybe helped, but it, you know, you could feel it through your writing. You could feel that pain that, you know, it was like we were going through it with you, you know. Um, I'm, I'm glad you were going through it with me. That was hard. <laughs> well, I wish, you know, we could have gone through it together. Yes. Um, and my follow-up question to that is, you know, now here we are, 2023. I know that you've seen all the stuff with all the gene editing and the mRNA. And I know in um, on that same page, you were talking about, you know, that big come to Jesus meeting with all the team of doctors. And they were like, oh, there's no option. No, no option. Oh, we got no option. And you were like, no, 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 we got options. And this is what we're going to do. And so you had mentioned even doing the kidney treatments and stuff. And so with what we know about CRISPR technology and different things, if we could fast forward to Ellie now, would that be something that you and Stephen would have considered for a possible treatment? You know, back with Ellie, they did have a, um, a study that they wanted to do. Okay, there, there was a study, it was out in California. And I'm not sure about this new technology, but what I remember them saying is they would have a placebo and then they would have the real drug. Of course, it's a study. Right. But see, children with Pearson syndrome and when they're dealing with their lactic acidosis and so much more that's involved, they can't be without treatment. They can't be without fluids. They, ca they can't be. And in order for us to feel like she was not going to be a guinea pig, yeah. we couldn't, in our hearts, we just didn't feel that that was the right move. So to answer your question, that would be hard to know in today's world. I would listen to my heart and what right. the spirits lead me to do. Back then, we just had within the very depth of our core that that was not healthy for our daughter. You know, if, if you recall reading, there was a part yes. in the book where it talked about the, the glaucoma and they wanted to put her under anesthesia. Yes, yes, yes. So they waited so long and she was not able to eat because she was yeah. supposed to go under. And then we ended up in the hospital the next day. So sad. I remember. And that's why I want, I want mothers to realize, follow your instincts. Follow what is being alarming into your system. You yeah. know what I mean? Follow that. Yeah, yeah. Because being the vessel... You know, there's there's no stronger no stronger connection for sure. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, hey, I'll pass it over to Professor Gigi, um, and you can unmute, and I will mute. <laughs> thank you so much, Trisha. Nice talking with you. <laughs> um, yeah, my 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 stage name, we'll put it that way, is Professor Gigi. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you too. Um, actually, my background is in nursing. I, I'm I'm retired now, um, but I did do nursing. You know, I I, I was a nurse for forty something years, and oh, awesome. part of my yeah, part of my you know experience was after my hospital you know hospital nursing. I did um, I did home care, and that 
you know, then I, I did case management with an insurance company. So I know what you were talking about with, you know, insurance companies. And one thing oh, yes. I always tell my patients is, you know, when you have a case manager who's your advocate, everything becomes easier to do because it's right. just the process, you know? Right. Because um, even though I was the, I was employed by the insurance company, I, I would tell my patients, I'm, I'm your nurse, you know? You're my employer, basically. I work for you. You know, I, I advocate for your needs, for what you need, and actually have worked with ventilator patients, even at home, you know, usually mostly private duty nursing. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, I kind of understood a lot of that terminology, the medical jargon and all that stuff that, um, you know, Ellie had to go through. Like but one of my, and actually, um, as a parent, I had the loss of a child. He, you know, my son, um, he was 18 and it wow. wasn't illness. Yeah, he, he was actually, you know, uh, a drive-by shooting. I lived in Chicago for a very long time, mostly all of my adult life. So, you know, okay. that's unfortunately, you know, statistic there. But right. anyway, um, yeah, he was, he was, you know, it's been a while. He was 18. Um, and that was actually in 1998 that he, you know, that he, wow. um, that he died. So it's close to where Ellie was. <laughs> Absolutely. 1998. Yes. 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 So, um, you know, I, I can empathize with, you know, the loss of a child and stuff like that. One of the things I did, um, want to ask you according to you know to statistics mm -hmm. um you know i know it, it, you know you kind of talked in the book about steve your husband and and you guys going through that you know through the whole medical situation him being at home a lot and you know kind of being very supportive but i know that there's a um you know some statistics say there's 80 percent that end in divorce when there's a, you know, a child, either, you know, a disabled child or loss of a child. And I just kind of, um, you know, I did read about all your faith and stuff, but I wanted to know how was it that you guys were able to kind of stick together, manage through all the, you know, hassle, all of that stuff? Oh, sure. That's a very good question because it was difficult. When we first learned of Ellie's diagnosis, um, they took us in this room, and we should have known that something was wrong then. And they sat us down. And I understand, and I think you understand, as being a nurse and in the medical field, sometimes right. they get so hardened because they they see so much death, right? So they put this wall up. So he sat down, and he said to us, he said, you really need to go home and plan the funeral for your daughter. Mm. So Steve and I sat there and our mouths dropped and yep. we were shocked. Okay. So after that, all I heard was wah, wah, wah. I mean, he was explaining the process, but I, I couldn't hear it and neither could my husband. So then we, when we finally were able to come back around, so to speak, he said, now 96% of married couples divorce, just like you talked with the percentage. Right. Then that, that made us mad. We got angry. How can you tell us to go home and plan a funeral and then say that we're not going to make it through? 
I understand where he was coming from now, but then it was like, no, we're ready to fight and we're going to fight hard. So how we did that is a lot of prayer. My husband got up every morning before he went to work and he had a group of prayer ladies that he prayed with every morning before he went to work. And I, I, that really was a big support. I mean, he was our provider, but he was supporting us in prayer. Um, so I believe God had a plan for us. He knew where we were headed. Amen. Now, I'm not going to tell you it was easy. It, it right. wasn't easy. He grieved in his own way. I grieved in my own way. But I, I believe that God has a purpose and a plan, and he puts us where he needs us to be. But we were strong enough to stand together in unity. And I'm I'm going to give a lot of that to the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, I, I guess if we have chance for another question, I'll do that. But let, let other people go. <laughs> yeah, excellent. excellent. That was awesome. It, that was awesome. That it was really is. Awesome. <laughs> Because it does show that you do have to come alongside and lift each other up, the Caleb yeah. and Aaron in the world. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. Jacob and Joshua. Right. Yeah, good deal. So I think we have either the crown or um, Debs uh, coming up next yeah. with their questions. Um, good afternoon. This is Miss Crown Call Chosen. You know, when you were talking about how your husband stands and the, you know, the women that he had praying around him, because this was one of my questions. How did the power of God shift? You know, I know we know God, but how did the power of God shift your mindset? How did it push you more into your family, into God? After seeing all of this happen. So are you talking about the, the journey we took after Ellie or with her or both? I would say both because I love when you were in the in the beginning of the book when you used to have the pain and you commanded, you called on the name of the Lord and the pain went. Oh. And my daughter was born premature. And I, I remember when, you know, they were saying to me that um, she is premature and then we have to put her on these oxygen a little bit. And I remember saying, in the name of Jesus, she has life and life more abundantly. And when you said that in the book, it quickened my spirit. Um, excuse me, this part, when I, I keep reading this part over in the book, and I mm-hmm. highlighted and said it to one of my friends because she's currently pregnant. And I said, mm-hmm. this is what this woman did. And the pain went. And talking about when they were looking for leukemia. And just give me a minute. And the results, God did it again. But when we see these things happen, how did the seeing all of this? Because you said your husband, as you said, your husband had this pr- group of prayer ladies, and you guys come together. When when we see these things happen, how did it shift you guys more into the things of God? And even the family are helping others. Both, right? It the shift made me stronger. It it put me into a deeper relationship with Jesus. See, I was raised Catholic and I understood about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I didn't realize the depth of how far we can go with them. And 
he's just not around us. He's, he's in us. And I was able to understand that. See, when you hit rock bottom, you've, you've got two choices. You can stay there or you can listen to that nudge, that Holy Spirit and say, get up and get going. Um, when we went through it with Ellie, I didn't have that, that intimate personal relationship with Jesus at that point. But my faith was strong enough because I knew what God could do for us. So I prayed. And yes, I prayed prayers that we were taught. Um, I didn't realize I could just sit down and, and talk with God. So through that process, the strength that Ellie showed us and the courage was from God. See, Ellie had a purpose and a plan. I truly believe that. Um, and I also believe that God saved her. The thief is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when he took her home, he he saved her. Because what they said after Pearson syndrome, if they make it through Pearson syndrome, then there's another syndrome that they lead into called Karn-Sayer syndrome. And that was also a hopeless end. But we didn't want to lose that hope. And, and see, that's what I wanted this message for everyone to realize is that when we are in that valley of darkness, that we're never alone. When, when we're on that mountain of glory, we're never alone. And I learned that I give all the glory to God. I, I have grown so much, but I've seen so much. But see, I couldn't write this book till decades later because in order for me to share, I had to go through it. I had to walk the walk. You know, I, I just couldn't get up here and talk the talk and not walk it. That That's how would I get through to people? You know, this way they, they see the, the desire and, and the humbleness and, and God, the light. And I talk a lot about the light because I have seen that numerous times. So going through the process with Ellie, I grew. I grew in Jesus. I grew in the Holy Spirit. God he hit me hard with his love, and we are still working on that today. I am far from perfect. I fall backwards. I cry. I still, I still get fearful. But now I know that I can lean into him. I can push into him harder, and I know he's always there. There's so many scriptures out there, and, and there's so many that are so dear to me, but I know that when we walked that and when I went back and rewrote all of that, I saw so many miracles. I saw that he was with us every step of the way when I didn't see him then. Does that make sense? But now, now I can see him. And, and what is so fascinating is, is I can look outside and see the beauty that God created all around us. So he's a creator of life, not a destroyer of life. And I just want people to realize that there's so many miracles right in front of them. Just take time out to see it. And we get so busy. You know, and it's it's so true. We all get so busy and, and we get stressed and we get fearful, especially with the world that we're living in now. I want them to know that there's hope and not to give up hope. Jesus is our way. Amen. Amen. Yes, the testimony right there. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, this is really I love the book, very powerful book, and how the move of God is in this book. And I like what you said about the valley experience and the hope. As you said, we have to walk, we have to go through to come through. And 
that is what happened. And what I love in the book, I know is not a question, but how your husband stand in God and had people standing on the wall for you guys. Yeah, it's powerful. Yes, that's it for now, my dear. Thank you. Okay, my turn. Yeah. Well, let me start off by saying I am a registered nurse and I've been practicing and still am practicing uh, for <clears throat> years. Oh, 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 what is that? <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> for um, I'll 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 uh, easy number thirty plus years. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe. And I've and I still am dealing with parents and children that are that lose children that even in utero, even in um, as newborns. And I see the clinical picture of the struggles of the newborns, not even in the nursery and um, and the parents sitting behind them. And one case comes to mind when I thought of you is was this mother and father who um, was coming to visit their daughter in NICU. And they were, I was so touched by it. When I heard them speaking to their daughter, you've done nothing wrong. God loves you. We, we, they were talking and they were ministering to their child at that point. And I was just, the whole floor unit was just in tears. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I had gone home to my mom at that time. And I um, I became so distraught with my mom. And I was so, I was, I was gathering up every verse I can, because I could put it around the room. Verses I could put around in the NICU room that she was in. I was trying to find anything I, I could have. And I wanted to just go to the parents and and kind of, comfort them in any way that I could comfort them but that was the only way I knew how to comfort them was through prayer and mm -hmm. those acts that I I believe that could have made a difference with them but I know it wouldn't have made a difference to them because as they're going through it I can't imagine but I was living in the moment with each and every one of them the father and the mother and the baby that was fighting for their life so I, 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 it was touching me so much. So when I went back the next day, when I found an empty crib, my heart just broke. It went into pieces. So every case that I get from this point on, and, and, and I was growing in my faith too. I'm not, I wasn't where I was the way I am now. But right. when I get cases like that now, Cause I work for, I work with Maria. That's how we, Professor Gigi, we know one another. We both worked in nursing together, but she's retired and she left me here still working. How about that? I'll see how she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when I get cases where there may be fetal demise, where the, the infant is, is, is lost in utero, or there may be a, a, a infant fighting for their life and they have these, uh, abnormalities going on, I take a moment in prayer and they don't know they have a biggest advocate. It's not about 
the glorification of me. It's for the glorification of him. So when I pray for those infants, I'm praying to him to make a difference. I'm praying to him on behalf of those infants and on behalf of that mother and father. And I will tell you, and this is the honest truth, it seems like the cases that I pray for, when they come my way, they turn around. And I, right. I thank God for that. I really thank God for that. I I, I thank him for, for using me as an instrument, especially in this day in the world where you can't say anything without somebody being offended. But right. I'm not going to silence him. I am not, you know, is 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 I'm not going to silence him. But one of my questions is because I've dealt with this, there's a lot of the, the patient who is the one in the the NICU, then there's the husband, and then there's the uh the wife, and then there's the, the children. And I think all of them are grieving in some kind of way. All of you were in that process and in some kind of way. So how did you deal with it on each avenue? I know your husband was there for you, but who was there for your husband? Who was there? Who was your who was your your ride or die? Who was your advocate? Who was your person outside of your family that was going through it? Who was that person that you looked to besides Christ himself? Who did God put in place for you? Well, that's a good question because as I look back on that, we couldn't have Ellie around anybody. So I am sure his friends were a big help to him um, in their way. Mm -hmm. Not where they, I can't say they may have prayed for him mm -hmm. um, because there were minimal resources. Mm -hmm. So we had no one to connect with. And, and outside our house, which was an ICU unit, we couldn't really have anybody come in that may have been sick that would compromise Ellie. So family was our big support mm -hmm. um, besides mm -hmm. God, of course. But when it came for my husband, I prayed for him. Um, I know my parents prayed for him. Mm. My children, we all prayed, but we probably all prayed differently yeah. because we weren't always together, which was very hard. It was hard on me as a mother it was hard on my husband because he had to work long hours to, to provide for our family. But he did that because he wanted to do that. So and you want to know out what else is, as you said, prayer as a nurse, I pray for my patients and I'm now a school nurse and I, I pray for my students. I believe that is key because I believe they prayed for us as well because they, they seen that we couldn't be together all the time. But our focus was Ellie and our other two daughters. And whenever we could bring our family together in the hospital, that's exactly what we did. Amen. So hope, you know, that that hope. And when it all comes down together, I believe everybody was praying for everybody. Amen. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. Now, I there's an individual, you'll see the dude on there, you know, he's in and out. So he posed a question for you, and I'm just going to speak it on his behalf. My okay. mom, I just lost my mom in uh, 2020. Um, and this is one of the things, the questions he, he's gotten from this, out of this. How did you deal with doctors who did not share the faith in God's healing power as you did? How did, how did you deal with it? How did you relate with it? Because with my mom... They kept on saying, pull the plug, pull the plug, pull the plug, pull the plug, let her go. Uh, no, 
No. And I can say the same thing with my sister who I lost. She was 34 years old. The doctor, I, I said, let God do his will. I said, I have a higher power than what you, any of you guys are talking about. And that's what I told them. I said, I'm going to, you know, rely on Christ. You do everything that you can for her and let Christ do the rest. He'll work through you. So how did you deal? And that's exactly what we said. Um, and please tell him I'm so sorry for his loss, loss of his mother. Um, we um, we kind of struggled with that as well. I have to say that um, when Ellie would have her good days, it gave us so much hope. And it's like every time we would get that hope and, and start feeling good, which I believe you should let that person feel that because we know the ultimate outcome. We we know what could happen, but it's like they had to burst the bubble every mm -hmm. time. So what I did, I got angry. Mm -hmm. And I said to the doctor, I said, you know, that's enough. And I believe that's in the book. I said, you know, don't you believe in miracles? They happen. Right. And, and he said, well, yes. I said, they're so focused on the scientific method. Um, I understand that since I'm a nurse, but I also understand Jesus. I, un I understand the healing and that's powerful. So I said to them and, and I got them in conversation and I got them talking and they started saying what they saw. There was a miracle that, that they couldn't explain it scientifically, right. but they didn't realize it. And I said, there you go. You just prove that there are miracles. So don't give up on my daughter. Don't give up on us. And let's fight together. Exactly. But that's right. I got angry. That yes. didn't come out of a love thing. <laughs> that did not. Right. I said, Lord, I, I'm sorry. But I just, why? Why are you willing to give up so easily? We're here and we're ready to fight, fight with us. And I think they needed that that yeah. backing and they needed prayer just as much as we did yeah. because they see so much loss and I've seen so much loss but I, I handle it differently. I pray, I pray for that person and I pray for their family and hug is a very powerful touch. It, mm -hmm. It's very powerful. So when you just don't have anything to say, give that person a hug. It's healing. Oh, you're right. You're so absolutely right. Ah, I've been on the end of that and I've given it. So I know it's power in a hug. It brings yes. a lot of everything with it. Yeah, same. Okay, we're going to take it back to you, Tina, to facilitate us along. Along? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just really, would you like to add anything, Tricia, that you'd like um, some of our listeners to know or there um, some areas that we can go to your website to maybe find out more about um, this syndrome and what's happening with it and how we can learn more about how to support each other and, and um, you know, just be yeah. on the front lines for the five-star mama bears in training. <laughs> well, I do have a Facebook and Instagram and on Instagram, I do uh, put prayers out there for everyone. I, I feel right now is the time for everyone to have that hope. So I'm, I take scripture and I make it into prayer and I put it out there. As for my website, which is www.patriciabrundle.com, you will see messages and blogs on God's love, on uh, the loss of a child, 
of what the Holy Spirit led me to write. See, Heartbeat of Love, I did not do that on my own. I was the vessel he wrote. And the reason I say that is because there was so much in this little book and I wanted it to be smaller so it would capture their attention and, and keep their keep their eyes focused. Yeah. And and I thought to the Lord, I said, How how am I gonna bridge Ellie's story to my story? Why would I question God, right? That mm-hmm. was that was silly of me. Um <laughs> so what happened is he would give me a sign and it's it's in the heartbeat of love and I would I would obey and I would just sit down and, and start writing. Um, so to that effect, my, my website will, will talk about uh, different blogs. It will show some of the interviews that I have. It'll give some um, information about my family and I, awesome. um, and then I have Facebook and Instagram and with the Christian faith publishing who published the book, put on a YouTube about what the book is about as well. Excellent. Excellent. So what's next? for you and your family any well i'm hoping to retire in a few years and write oh, another book awesome awesome <laughs> book. yes good good so much more that he has been showing me and i just i want to share that with everybody but once again i have to walk the walk before yeah. i can talk it yeah now do you see any glimpses of miss little ellie in any of your grandchildren Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, I do. Especially when they were younger. And I often wonder, you know, would she look my, look like my older daughter or my younger daughter? Yeah. I always go back and I miss her. I certainly do. But what gives me comfort now is knowing that she's in heaven with Jesus. (laughs) She's she's safe. She's loved. And that gives me joy and comfort. But like I said, you have your days, you have your good days, you have your bad days. It's just now I can turn it around quicker. Yeah. Cause you're getting more hugs, those little arm hugs. Those are the <laughs> ones that they come with sprinkles. Oh I love goodness. those hugs. I know you talk about love and how can you have more yeah. love for your grandbabes, right? I mean, wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well exactly. done. Well, our best to Steven but and Trisha, your family. Trisha, yes. let me just say something. I always say, um, you know, I always, t- I tell my kids, you know what? I should have had them first, <laughs> the grandkids. They're precious. So they we are. really appreciate you coming um, on and just sharing more of your story and just giving us hope and encouragement to uh, stick through till we get our testimony and then we can continue to share it so yeah god is working right i just want to ask a question what is it that you will say to the person that are listening right now that it might they might not be going through the same thing that ellie went through but they're in a place of a valley situation whether because god's power speaks in many ways it can apply to many things family children a lost child a marriage different stuff a ministry Somebody who, who's been hurt even in the... What, what what would you say to them at this point? What is the Lord saying to you at this point to say to them? Just be open. Praise praise God. Praise them in the storm. Praise him in the joy. Praise him every moment of every day. Even when you don't feel like that. Just give that little oomph. And it doesn't have to be 
it doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to be simple. Say, I love you, Lord. Just acknowledge him. And, and what I'd like to add to that is in Deuteronomy 31.8, which really helped me, the Lord himself goes before you. He is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. See, the Lord went through all of this for us. We have to walk it, but not alone because he's right there with us. And I just want everyone to know that please don't ever feel alone because Jesus is right there. You may not hear him. You may not see him. He's right there with you. It says it in scripture. You know, and it says that he's the light of this world. Whoever follows him will never walk in darkness. That is another scripture that I hold tight to. Because when we are in our darkest valley, when we hit rock bottom, there's that little flicker of light. Follow it. Yes. You know, let him lead you. But I, I just don't ever give up. Keep yeah. on going and praise him. So true. Yeah. Don't rely on your feelings all the time. You're right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, I'm Thanks. gonna have. I would like for Tupanella to take us out in prayer. Oh, um, I just want to read the scripture that the Lord has dropped in my spirit for you. It's Psalms 103. It starts from verse 13. As a father, I'm reading from the Tree of Life Bible. As a father has compassion on his children, so Adonai has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourished like a flower of the field. But when the wind blows over it, it's gone. And it is a place there's no longer known. But the mercy of Adonai is from for everlasting to everlasting. And those who reverence him, his righteousness to children, children, to those who keeps his covenant, who remember to observe his instructions. And because I see you guys do this in the book, this scripture I was asking about what to say to you guys. And this is not just for Ellie, but it's for what I'm seeing happen. And I, I flew in the prophetic. I'm seeing a generational covenant God is making over your family. It's like God, this, I don't know if you're, you have to tell God this cannot go longer. This, it, it stops there. It, it's not going to go to nobody else. But I see God, I'm seeing like, it's like they had some mounting experience and God made it a level playing field for you guys because the power of God and, and because you guys know the power of God. I see some obstacles even happening within the children and God, you guys prayed behind the scene and things begin to happen. And I, I know you're saying it in a few years, but it's like I'm seeing you jotting down stuff and you are highlighting it. But I'm seeing it's like a book and it's like you're having a book called a, a prayer book, but it's like scriptures. But all those stuff that you're jotting down in the prayer, the scriptures in a form of prayer, it's like God is going to cause you to put them together. I'm not seeing a book years to come. I'm seeing a now move from God for you. And it's like I'm, I hear the Lord say, daughter, you have not seen anything yet. There's more in you than you've ever seen before. It's like, I don't know if something is poking your spirit, man, is like out of your belly. It's like a poking that God is want, want, wants to do something deeper. And you're touched with a lot of things that is going on. You're touched not only in the health, 
or the healing set. I'm going to go with that, Justin, what the Lord is saying. But you're touching around situations that's happening around the world, in families, in homes, and even in the body. I'm seeing you being so concerned. But I hear the Lord is saying to you that I've put the healing anointing in your hands. And there's an anointing that will cause you to break. You're a barrier breaker for the kingdom. I see a warrior coming out of you where the kingdom of God suffers, but you're the volleyball that take it by force. I don't know your husband, but what I'm seeing with him, this man is going to, oh my gosh. The Lord said, do not fear. He has put people in place and he will cause those people to stand on your wall day and night. And do, do not be afraid of the faces. When God said to, to say something, don't, don't be afraid of the faces. Make your face like a flint and say whatever is it for the kingdom of God. Because there's a boldness in you. So Father, even as we pray for your daughter and her family, I thank you for the head of the household. I ask for the covering of the blood of Jesus to speak over him and even the entire family. Father, every assignment of the enemy, we cancel, we uproot, and we dislodge every assignment. And we decree and declare that the eternal covenant of the blood of Jesus, which is the Messiah that went on that cross, still have power. And it speaks over her family. It speaks over her children, children, children. And because you said you made a covenant with the children, we commanded everything sickness and disease has to stop it's not what grandmother grandfather had it's about the power of the blood of jesus and he went to the cross kneeling every infirmity to the cross father i thank you for even turn around breakthroughs oh god i thank you oh god for I see the name bestseller in the name of Jesus. I thank you for a lifting of the faith of others around her. Sometimes God, she's carrying the burdens for other, others around her. But today, Lord God, even as we come in agreement of women and we come as women in Zion, we decree and declare a shift has happened in this family. We thank you for signs and wonders that have followed because they believe in you. And the Bible said those that believe, signs and wonder will follow them. And Father, I thank you that signs and wonders are falling even as other people read this book i thank you lord that signs and wonder will follow that sickness will go in the name of jesus because this book has the authority to cause sickness to go when you read it in the name of jesus father i thank you for putting those prayers together that she has i thank you for her husband heavenly father i thank you for the mantle that is upon his life heavenly father that he will just walk into that call in a greater dimension oh god in the name of jesus father i thank you that their footsteps not just only them, but their children, children, the in-laws is ordered by the Lord. Lord, there's somebody that is looking for a particular direction and they want to know what to do. Lord, speak to them. Give them a sign. Give them an encounter. I don't know whoever is it, Lord God, at this point in time. And I thank you for the grace because grace is a powerful thing. Thank you for giving them the grace for ease. That grace for ease that things will happen easily in the name of Jesus. I don't know, but I'm seeing this house. I don't know what this house represents, but I'm just seeing a house. But God, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever is it, Lord God, make it easy. Whatever is it has to be done. I thank you for favors beyond measure, favor that open doors that no man can shut, the Cyrus favor that you're going before them at all time and everything become easily in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for blessing this family. They're blessed going out. 
they're blessed coming in and I superimpose the spirit of life in Christ Jesus over the spirit of death hell and the grave and I speak long life long life not just only over her and her family but every person on this line and every person listening tonight in the name of Jesus Lord I thank you oh God that you're the miracle worker and I thank you for causing miracles to happen again for the persons that are listening and even us on this line because we're coming in agreement the Bible said when Rhoda prayed something happened and every person walls and prison gates let it be shaken and let those that are bound oh god because of the death of a loved one let them be shaken and let them have new life right now in the name of jesus let them have new life father give them fresh joy fresh hope in them in you lord god minister to them holy spirit it's by the spirit the bible says not by might nor by power but it's by the spirit of god and we call for the spirit of god to manifest because great is he that is in them and he that is in the world and we silence every lies of the enemy right now but we ask for a covering over our children because they are the generation that will destroy the enemy as well. So we cover our children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews, wherever they are. We cover them. And we say, Lord, put a wall of fire round about them. We decree that the prayer shield, the anointing, the firewalls, the prophetic word that is godly will stand and pre protect them. Angels of God encamping around them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that sickness and disease are out of their bodies now in the mighty name of Jesus. And the fire of God consume everything that is not of you. Father, today we ask that every person listening, even in Precious family, my family, Tina, Professor Gigi, Miss Polly Pure had a dude, whoever might have something going on, but it's known or unknown to them. By the power of the name of Jesus, which is Yeshua Hamashiach, that thing must go. We place the demand on the power of God that is now being uprooted, is removed. Because the Bible said, What's in Christ? Whatever my father did not plan, it shall not stand. And we said it has to go now with the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for our sister taking the time to be here. I thank you for enlarging our territories, even her territories. I thank you for what a next time meeting together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We bless you. We seal these prayers and we decree exceedingly, abundantly above all we can think and we can even ask for in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Crazy Prayer Ladies Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Send your prayer requests to cpl at crazyprayerladies.com. We also have live Bible study led by Miss Crown Call Chosen every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Zoom. For more details, email cpl at crazyprayerladies.com. Join us again next time for the Crazy Prayer Ladies podcast.